Today's episode is all about NFTs, incremental revenue, and fandom. From Engagement, I'm David Millay, and this is Flip the Switch. Quick plug before we get to our guest introduction today. If you're focused on guest experience or employee experience, definitely go check out our email newsletter. As we work with pro teams and college athletic departments around the country, we're taking the lessons that we learn from our experiments and our projects, and we're putting those insights into the newsletter. A couple of times per week, you'll get everything from the articles and content that are inspiring us to innovate, as well as new tools that we're using and loving. If you get value from this show, you're going to love the newsletter. To sign up, head to engagementpartners.com backslash newsletter. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Flip the Switch, where we sit down with leaders in customer experience and employee experience, and we try to figure out what are the trends that they're paying attention to? What are the experiments that they're running? What are the principles that have driven success for them throughout their career? And then we take all those insights and we apply them to the world of sports and entertainment. Now, today's episode, I am really excited because we get the best of both worlds. We get a senior leader in sports and entertainment who's experimenting with an initiative that's on the fringes, and we get a tech co-founder bringing their technology to sports. So I am really hyped for this episode for a couple of reasons, uh, mainly because we're getting to highlight an innovative project from some of our listeners, our friends Dan and Tim and team down at University of Miami Athletics. Now, I love having our own people on the show for a few reasons. So the first reason I love having them on the show is, one, if we didn't show love to our listeners, we really wouldn't be practicing what we preach. And the second reason I love having our our listeners on the show, they understand the format of what we're trying to do here. And so they really make an effort on their own to get specific so that you can walk away with new ideas or a better playbook for how to actually execute on something that will allow you to better connect with your tribe. So let me know on Twitter, at David Malay, if you're working on something that you feel like is really innovative, and we might just have you on the show. All right, let's talk about today's episode specifically. Today, we are welcoming Dan Boyd, the Senior Associate Athletic Director of Sales and Marketing at Miami Hurricanes Athletics. And we're also having John Paris, the co-founder at Gig Labs and Rare Rooms, on the show with us. And we're going to be talking about something called Kane's Vault, which just dropped this past Friday. And it's the Hurricanes' new NFT endeavor. So Friday, August 13th, a couple days after we recorded this episode, I think today is Wednesday, August 11th. The days kind of all blur together. So this project is launching two days after we record this episode, but you're going to hear it after the project has been released. Um, Miami is launching really the first full-fledged NFT marketplace in the college space. And they're doing it in collaboration with John and his team at Gig Labs. So you can check that whole project out right now at canesvault.com. We'll link in the show notes to the website so that way you can go check it out and see what we're talking about firsthand. So canesvault.com is really going to have one-on-one experiential auctions, digital art, commemorative tickets, and a ton more that we're going to get into in this episode. And we at Engagement are really excited about the potential of this project. So we're unpacking it in this conversation with John and Dan. Now, if you are unfamiliar with what an NFT is, no worries. We've done a couple episodes on this already as it relates to NFTs and sports. So go check out episode 62 with Luca Garza or episode 58 with Jesse Schwartz, who spent a record $208,000 to own what is essentially a video replay of a LeBron James dunk. Now, before we jump into the conversation, uh, a little bit more background on NFTs and how NFTs relate to fandom, which is ultimately a lot of what this show ends up being about. Um, Without going into detail of the the mechanics behind what an NFT is, An NFT is basically a digital asset whose ownership is verified on the blockchain. So they got a ton of attention in the spring with NBA Top Shot and a bunch of other NFT projects. And it seemed like their appeal had really cooled off, though, during the summer when crypto prices dropped. But in the last 30 days, the top five NFT marketplaces have seen over $2 billion, $2 billion in transactions. 
So to understand why NFTs have stuck around and why I'm bullish on them, it really comes down to status and utility. So in the spring, it felt like people were hopping into the NFT craze ultimately to make a quick buck, to buy one and flip it because other people were excited about it, similar to GameStop and AMC and some of those meme stocks. Um, but now this NFT transaction volume, it really feels different. So here's, here's why it feels different to me. Knowing that humans are always searching for a way to ultimately improve their status, their social status, it's why people pay an outrageous amount of money for Jordans or for a Lamborghini. They're trying to stunt. They're trying to front and make it look like they're bigger than they are. They're really trying to verify social status with an item. Combined with how much we're spending in digital, how much time we're spending in digital spaces, it really makes sense that people are buying NFTs and displaying these digital assets that have high social status, if you will. And they're displaying them across various digital platforms and social media handles. So similar to the community aspect of it as well, that comes when you buy with a, a Jeep, let's call it, the best NFT projects make you really feel like you're in an exclusive club. So they're combining that social status of owning a Lamborghini with the community aspect of owning a Jeep, where you wave at people as they go by and they're in a Jeep just like you are. Um, so the same uh, can be done here with Kane's Vault. And that's why we're really excited. I think they're going to really be able, Miami and, and Dan and team, they're really going to be able to create community with super fans of Miami Hurricanes. And they're going to be able, the fans are going to be able to display that super fandom across all of their different social media handles and digital platforms that they're on. Um, there's really no limit as to what Miami can do with this to deeper engage their current fans and attract new fans. So with all of that said, let's hear what John and Dan have to say about the project. So get ready for a behind the scenes look at Kane's Vault with Dan Boyd and John Parise. All right, Dan, John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon, David. Nice to have us. Excited to get into this episode with you guys. Um, we are talking about something that, in my mind, is super interesting right now, and not enough college athletic departments are looking into this. Uh, had one of the best months that they've ever had, uh, NFTs. So, Dan, you guys are rolling out a really new, exciting project at University of Miami. Um, let's talk about why did you guys decide to get on this trend? Because I think there are a lot of things that university athletic departments look at and say, ah, we're going to pass on that for right now. Or ah, we don't want to be the first mover there. We'll, we'll let somebody else do that. Why was this something that you guys said, we got to get after it and create something for our fans? Sure. And you're absolutely right. There's a lot of technology, resources, options for college athletics to invest their time, energy, and budget into. And we really felt NFTs provided the Miami Hurricanes a really innovative way to celebrate the department's rich athletic history. And with that being said, it really allows our fans, our collectors, and these NFT investors a new way to really showcase their Kane support and build upon kind of the legacy of being a Hurricanes fan. And so, you know, we invest a lot of resources into content development and storytelling of our student athletes, like much of our uh, college athletics across the country do. Um, and, and it really NFTs appeal to us because this is a brand new way to engage our fan base and tell a different version of the same story. And we thought that was really a unique X factor in our decision making and why to invest into this NFT marketplace that we're really excited to launch here in the near future. So that is a great intro to why you guys wanted to start it. I guess we should say for posterity's sake, this is we're recording this episode on Wednesday, August 11th. So I don't know when Kane's Vault exactly is going to come out, but let's talk about it. What is Kane's Vault and how does it work and when is it getting launched? Sure. So we're excited that this Friday, um, August 16th, we're going to make the official uh, um, announcement. I'm sorry, August 13th. We're making our official announcement to launching what Kane's Vault is, right? And we're going to bring this out to the world and really share exactly what this marketplace will feature with our first on sale starting on Monday the 16th. And so Kane's Vault is a really user-friendly marketplace that has a primary business function of a sustainable long-term model. This isn't intended to be a one-time splash, but instead really a long-term plan that's going to consistently deliver first-class products to our fan base. And so that was really important as we went through this strategies that we weren't looking to just do one drop 
or to make a simple splash into the bigger NFT marketplace, but something sustainable that we could build um, really over time. And so Kane's Vault will be primarily focused on animated illustrations. We have a great partner in Black Madre, which is uh, you know, a very popular uh, name that we've heard a lot more recently over the last few months. And um, that is a premier visual art studio based out of Brazil. And so each of these limited edition NFTs is going to be a digital collectible marked with a unique serial number with guaranteed scarcity and, and really protected ownership by the blockchain, which I'm sure John can talk to a lot more in greater depth. But in addition to this digital art, what Kane's Vault will also feature is a lot of one-on-one of experiences available through an auction format. And this is a brand new way to engage, sell, and interact with our fans and giving them really an inside access to Kane's athletics and the various fan experiences and game day offerings that will feature on a year-round basis. <clears throat> I am so excited to get into some of these inner workings of how this works, especially on the utility side of it that you just mentioned, Dan, the actual experiences that are tied with this artwork. Um, But first, I mean, we've got John here. Um, So let's talk a little bit about how this project actually came to life. Uh, John, how did you get involved? How did your company get involved? And and let's maybe talk about the roles that that you guys played to help Miami bring this to life. Sure. So... Um, quick background on Gig Labs. We, we started the company in late 2017. So we've actually been in this uh, blockchain NFT space for most of the ride here. Um, so we've seen um, a lot of projects come and go and we've seen what's stuck. Um, and so when um, things really blew up in the NFT space, let's say February, March of this year, it was really exciting to kind of see all these brands and celebrities and um you know, all these new projects start to emerge, but like pretty quickly, uh, I'll say from, from that, like we, we figured out like, okay, these one-time drops aren't going to work. Like people, like what happened and during that time was sort of an anomaly, I think. And so now you're starting to see, um, more companies and more brands like what Miami's, uh, going to be doing here soon that, that see NFTs as part of like a long-term, uh, strategy. And so our company, really is a, we're a technology company. We provide the tools for any brand to build any sort of experience around NFTs. And so we have an API driven platform that essentially allows for a lot of flexibility, a lot of scalability, um, and handles all of sort of the complexity that blockchain might um, have for, for brands. And so we remove all that, we handle all of the, um, the the blockchain processes, let's say. How this sort of came to be is um, Miami found us, um, actually. Really? Wow. So, John, it wasn't you going to Dan and and his team. It was them coming to you. I love it. No. I love to see that. Yeah. So that was was awesome. And and it was cool because we actually, um, we see colleges as like an awesome uh, place for NFTs, right? Um, for, For so many reasons, like you've got really passionate fans who want to collect stuff from from their college right um whatever that stuff may be and and there's so much you can do with nfts and so when when they approached us we were we were pumped obviously and i i will say like what miami's kind of undertaking here it's not easy um by any means like the easy path is to like license it out and and let someone else do it um, they're actually really embracing the whole process. Um, and they're, 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 I think ultimately they're like really leading the way for like what colleges can be doing around NFTs for their fans. Dan, John just hit on something huge that I think we see in college all the time, which is an athletic department puts their hands up and they say, ah, we don't know how to do that. So we'll just, we'll, we'll let somebody pay us a guarantee and they'll make all the money from it and we'll do the safe route or we'll license it out. Talk to us a little bit about the decision to really take ownership of this uh, and drive it home and create a new incremental revenue stream uh, for the department. Yeah, and we really are obviously big advocates that we know that the U at the end of the day is a powerful brand in college athletics and nobody can tell our story like we can. And whether that's investments on the social front, on the storytelling aspects, on video, we've made significant strides over the last five, seven years to really make sure that's a prominent feature in the way that we model our business at the end of the day. And so 
as we continue to strive to innovate in, in these fan experience lenses or these RevGen strategies or content marketing, we really saw an opening. And we said, wait, now trust us. That first conversation with John, we probably unloaded hundreds of questions at him. We were brand new to the space, right? We, we didn't have many answers at all. We saw what Top Shot was doing or what somebody like Kings of Leon was bringing to the table. And we were like, wait a second, there's something here. And it was always a priority of ours to make this a sustainable business model, uh, both for, most importantly, our fan base. They were constantly engaged and collect and experience along with us. But also from a revenue generation standpoint, how many new channels are there for our co college athletics department to generate um, in an incremental fashion over time? And so, you know, we really decided along with Gig Labs that this is something we could take on. Now, uh, certainly we have the, the powerful resource of John and his team to be able to help the technology and the service that we can provide. But at the end of the day, we really wanted to own the story. And, and that's why we really invested our time and energy into the products that we've developed and will develop at the end of the day. So, Dan, you've got an idea of how we do things here. I'm going to get into some of the nitty gritty for our listeners. Wh where does this sit in the department? I mean, who, who is this? Is this on the, the content team? Is this on the sales team? I mean, where does this project, who, who's ultimately driving this project forward for Miami? Uh, as many things in college athletics, right? It, it, it's many hands that, that really are going to be able to bring this to surface and to market to our fans. So it all starts with our deputy AD of external affairs, Jason Layton, who, who really in conjunction with our athletic director, Blake James, bought into this and said, well, there's only one way to do this, and that's to go all in. Um, there was never even a consideration of, well, let's just see how this goes or a soft approach. It was the investment from the leadership knowing that there is something powerful here and that there's a demand and a better way to connect with our evolving fan base, which we'll talk about here in a moment. And, and so, you know, it, it starts there, and then I sit in a sales and marketing chair, right? So we're using some of our sales best practices in developing products, pricing Got strategies, it. packaging, and then using our marketing efforts in conjunction with our digital team, um, our analytics team, to making sure that we can not only develop a go-to market strategy, but also be able to constantly analyze performance and web traffic and consumer behavior. And then you add in kind of the last piece, which is our communications team and our SIDs, who there's no better person and team that knows Kane's history than them, right? And so if you combine all those forces together, we had constant dialogue about what we were trying to execute, both from a vision, product, and storytelling aspect. And each business unit kind of brought their level of expertise. We combined all that and handed it off to John and said, how do we do this? Fair I mean, enough. David, I think it's like a really good question because college athletics, any sort of legacy brand who's coming into the space and wants to own the experience, like how Dan described, no one has an NFT department. Like that, that oh, doesn't exist. Nobody even right has now. an innovation department. I mean, few do, right? And so, or there's like an innovation person or like they're, they're like tasked with finding innovation within the company and then maybe forming them that into a new business for, for a brand. But, you know, you sort of have the the blockchain infrastructure side that role which is handling like all of the smart contracts and minting and integrations to the blockchain it's obviously the role we fill the the front end experience so what do people see when they hit the site what's the what's the wow factor um what is what is um going to keep them coming back uh to to that experience you've got um the art itself so what do the NFTs look like? Um, and then you've got marketing that, that Dan talked about and how you, how you bring people there. And there's a huge piece that I, I'm pretty sure you know is important is community. And so how, how do you foster that community and the really successful NFT projects? That's the part they've nailed. It's, it's less about the art all the time and it's more about how are you getting this community to get really hyped and uh, excited about, you know, what's there now and then what's coming in the future. Obviously the community part is what gets me most, the community and the revenue parts uh, are the parts that get me mm -hmm. most excited about this. And, and we're going to get into that here uh, in, in just a second. Um, couple, couple more questions on just kind of overall project. I, I got to know, I mean, 
what were the brainstorming and ideation sessions like around how to create this? Obviously, we, we've seen some cool projects from the Raptors, from the Bulls really recently. I think the Warriors were probably one of the first teams to create one. How did you decide on and what were those brainstorming sessions like as to here's what we're actually going to offer? I think we started with a really broad scope and we were looking at what other successful NFT platforms were featuring, whether that was Gronkowski with the trading cards or Top Shot with the video replays. And, you know, we really started evaluating, um, you know, what did we have in our control, right? And I think that was really important for us to understand what did we own, what did we have license uh, rights to, and um, whether that's from photography considerations or headshots or archive footage or whatever it may be. And so, you know, we really decided that the best way to showcase these traditions and these moments of our history was through digital art at the end of the day. And that really represented um, how we wanted to bring this to life. And, and through that animation and through that collaboration with Black Madre, they really were able to, to bring that to life. So, you know, we, we were strong, strongly looking at all options from the start. And really, at the end of the day, we wanted to recreate something new that has never been seen before because there's only so many highlights that we can replay from the 1985 you know, season or whatever it may be. And so we wanted to really make sure that we highlighted this in a new engaging format. Love it. And John, were you, was your team a part of that brainstorming process as to what to offer? Or were you guys just coming in and saying, <clears throat> yeah, we'll handle all the blockchain stuff for whatever you create? I got to imagine you guys were pretty involved. Yeah, we were definitely involved. I mean, pretty much from the start, from like the initial thinking, like Dan referenced Jason and Jason, you know, said we want to enter the space and now let's figure it out together. And so we, yeah, we were definitely part of it. I will say like the, the interesting take from this as like a, compared to like some other projects is it's like a mix of like exclusive one of ones and then also like retail, like uh, collectibles, right? And so there's gonna be like a whole like range of, of things that you're gonna be able to collect as, as a Miami fan or just like an NFT collector in general, because Frankly, like the art looks sick, like it's so good. Um, and and I, I mean, I, I will say the two, like they, the Miami team, like the Dan and, and everyone, like they found Black Madre. We didn't recommend them. Mm -hmm. and, and that's like a really premier artist in this space. Um, and they have a ton of really cool ideas. So I like, I like that it's just going to become this whole new, you know, hub for, these digital collectibles and it can be again like one of one things it could be trading card it could be a digital turnover chain you know it can be all sorts of stuff what what i love about this project so much is that to, to your point it's not just going to be a one of one drop or it's not just going to be a one-time drop it's going to be a constant marketplace that's evolving and, and I, when i think about it you know coming out of disney i always thought about it, i'm like there are there's really no brand in the world that has the type of depth uh, and, and width of IP that Disney has. But outside of Disney, colleges might have the second most. I mean, when you think about all of the things that you have on campus from the history to the rivalries to the legends to the moments to the locations on campus, there's so many different iconic things that you guys can memorialize in the form of an NFT and you guys can push that out constantly and that can constantly be evolving. Who knows what the hell NIL looks like a year from now. But does that come into play somehow because it's a constantly evolving marketplace and it's not just a, hey, here's one time we're selling digital JPEGs of the rings, right? Yeah, and having that product mix and many variety was always part of these brainstorm sessions. How do we continue to make it robust where it has mass appeal, where there's multiple different segmented audiences that that could really resonate with, right? Whether it's through remembering some of the greatest plays from the eighties with some of the, you know, arguably some of the greatest canes of all time to 2017 when we, you know, brought out the turnover chain and everyone went crazy about it and created what we have today in college athletics. Right. And so, you know, like you said, David, there's just so much that we have to tell from an IP standpoint, facilities, moments, um, and things like that, that, you know, we really wanted to bring that to life through this really robust offering a product mix. 
John, what are what are some of the other uh, and just just for reference? I, I mean, I know the focus here. We really want to dig more into this specific project, but what are some of the other exciting NFT projects that you're seeing in the sports and athletic space right now? Uh, how how might they be doing it slightly different than how Dan and his team are approaching it at Miami? Um, yeah, there's a a few. One that that we're actually working on that I think is really interesting. We're we're partnering with a, a group called Athletes Unlimited. They're a women's professional sports league. They've got like softball, lacrosse, and volleyball. Really innovative league. They are now when you enter the game at the event, there's a QR code that you can scan, and that'll actually take you to redeem a collectible from that actual event. So to me, that's like. You know, I mean, I I still have ticket stubs from like concerts I went to or like old events. Those things don't exist anymore. And so now, like if I can redeem something, it's it's like a bit of a proof of attendance, but it kind of takes it even a little further. Right. It's like this. I've got this cool collectible that I was only able to claim because I was actually there. Um, I, I think that's going to become a huge I, I think that's going to be a part of like every every sports uh, event going forward in the future. We, we could go so deep and nerd out on this. Like, I love that as part of the second drop that's going to happen. You guys are, have, have included an infinite objects uh, element to it where you can frame, physically frame this digital NFT. I love that you guys are, are providing that as, as part of the plan. I, it, hopefully that's still the case. Uh, maybe I saw something that I shouldn't have, but is that, is that still the case? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, Monday we're going to start off with that auction, right? That includes... Uh, the digital NFT, the infinite object, and then also a replica ring, right? And we've seen that that offering through a couple of different um, athletic programs and organizations over the past couple of months. And then we'll have a complete second drop that will be uh, the digital NFT and the infinite object. And then we're doing a third that is just the digital art as an NFT as a standalone. So we really thought it was important, especially during launch, to be able to have our audience understand what that means to own an NFT, because people are going to interpret this in a variety of different ways. We still want to make sure this resonates with our biggest supporters, our donor base, our ticket holders. Those are still primary customers without a doubt, right? And so we want to make sure that something like an infinite object that they can imagine sitting on their mantle or at their office, that they could actually visualize that and say, oh, I get it, right? It's an easy entryway into the NFT space. And then you start that collection mindset because now you don't want just the first ring. Well, I got to have a second ring. I'm going to have the first one and so on and so on. So we thought Infinite Object was a great option for us to add into, especially during launch, to kind of eliminate the barrier of entry for some of our more traditional fan base that this might be their first exposure to an NFT. I love it. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to Infinite Object's website as well so people can get an understanding of that. But I think there has been, and I want to talk a little bit before we get into the strategy and fandom uh, from a fandom perspective, a little, couple more things around objections uh, to somebody that is listening to this and saying, yeah, that's not for our school. That's not for our team. Um, as it relates to infinite objects, picture like Harry Potter, right? Where you've got these moving pictures on the wall. So infinite objects is basically a frame that allow you to put your digital moving JPEG NFT on the wall so that your wall now looks like it's in a Harry Potter movie. Right. And so I I think there's still a lot of innovation in that space around the physical framing. Um, but John, part of this project as well is a a digital collection room as part of this. Is is that right? Did I read that right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll be building that out. One of the, um, other products we have is it's called rare rooms. It's, um, essentially like a purpose built 3d virtual room that you can showcase your NFTs. And so we actually pull in your collection from your wallet um, across multiple blockchains, actually. So we're on Ethereum, Flow, um, and uh, we're we're building something pretty unique uh, for for Miami. But these rooms essentially can be anything. We've got um, some like standard museum looking type of rooms. Um, We've had some artists actually come in and design rooms as well. So we're developing something really cool uh, for Miami so that, you know, we talked about utility a little bit about like what what can you do with these NFTs? Well, now you've actually got this virtual room that you can showcase your NFTs and it's 
it's pretty easy to use. And then if you want to go like a step further, we actually, uh, it does work in VR. And so if you wanted to like throw on your Oculus headset, you can actually walk around your room and uh, check out your, your NFTs like right up in your face. I was just about to ask that, like when would someone showcase their room? Like, am I going to pull up a laptop and be like, hey, buddy, like come check out my digital room. Um, but now, you know, with the Oculus and everything, it makes a little bit more sense. But honestly, like whether it's you're partially- against it or not, it's kind of, that's kind of how we're moving, right, John? It, yeah, it, it actually, the, the room experience isn't necessarily like to, like you're sitting next to someone and you want to showcase your, showcase your room or like show them your NFTs, but more it's like, it adds, it adds value in the sense of you see these NFTs in this like 2d flat environment, like on your, on your laptop or on your phone. Um, and now you can actually go and experience them in a completely different way. We also can like bring in 3d NFTs as well. So you can actually like see them like like walk around them a little bit so people people do appreciate sort of the the again the utility it's like all right i own it i know all the value that brings but now here's this other cool thing i can do with it in terms of just like showing it off of course you can bring it across any of the virtual worlds in the metaverse too but it's just like an easy way for us to um add value right away and there's a level of pride there too, right? Our, our, yeah. our athletic supporters and sports fans in general are prideful creatures, right? We want to be able to showcase that we are the biggest Canes fans or um, I have the most, right? And even if it is something that is consumed via your screen or you get to engage with it on your own, there's still a level of pride with that. How many people spend afternoons in their man cave because it's decked out with all of their favorite gear, right? So this is just a new innovative way to, to bring that level of pride and um, interaction. We're, I'm, I'm itching to get into all this stuff, but I, I got to ask one more question before we get into it. Let's talk about objections, Dan. Um, obviously you mentioned that at the senior most levels of the department, uh, they were bought into this. What were some of the objections behind the scenes? Walk us through some of those conversations. Obviously I can't imagine everybody in the department was, yeah, right away. Let's do NFTs. It makes sense. Give us some of the objections that you faced and how did you overcome those objections? Well, I think the first one was the belief or understanding that NFTs can be sustainable, right? Is this more than just a small new trend that in six months will no longer exist, right? And so we're allocating time because we all know in college athletics, time is so valuable because you can spend it in a lot of different ways. So if we're spending it on NFTs, maybe that's one less hour or hours that we're spending on sales strategy for tickets. Right. And so to be able to, to understand that trade off of that, um, what time brings to the table with all of us is so important because we really anticipated and, and really measured this in a way that we believed it was going to be a long term solution to add to all the additional things that we sell on a year round basis, whether that's tickets, donations, retail sponsorships, whatever it may be. So to add this here, we really had to take a step back and say, are we capable of this? And a lot of that was um, just our reinforcement with that small group that we had of internal stakeholders of saying, no, as a collective group, we can continue to push this forward from ideation to development to obviously go into the marketplace. So that was a big one. And then it's all about, uh, you know, other than time, the, the resources necessary to bring this to life. And so, you know, whether that is from a budget concern or what is the ROI going to be on this, right? How many NFTs can we actually sell, right? And what is the expected ROI on that? So those measurements were, were calculated and, and, and evaluated and discussed. And we really felt like, um, we were able to overcome that through that kind of collective agreement on how we anticipate this going moving forward. On, on that pro forma side, I mean, did you guys put together kind of a formal pro forma? John, did you guys help put that together on how they might be able to put the, get their ROI on this project? Or Dan, that was, that was purely your team figuring all that out? It was using some of the sales strategy best practices that we've been really focusing on from a donation standpoint, right? It's a, a different product, a different experience at the end result. But when you're looking at quantity, 
Same thing as seat inventory. Uh, when you look at pricing models, well, what's the marketplace going to bear and what is the competitor's you know, rates and things like that. So we use similar strategies that we do to sell a lot of the other things that we do to drive revenue for the department. And so you know, we really laid it out there, both what was our you know, break-even point, what was going to be our plus model, and uh, you know, some of our stretch goals that we have in mind. Huge. All right. I'm finally going to get into fandom here with us. Uh, but first, my, my last objection that I would have had and that I hear from athletic departments would be our fan base is older. They're not going to care about NFTs. Did you guys hear that internally at Miami or was that is this a non-issue for you guys? Oh, absolutely. Especially when you talk about, um, you know, we had a couple of colleagues who were like, well, who's going to be our target audience for this? Right. Mm-hmm. There, there's no way that our golden canes, our, our top level donors are going to know what this means and find value in it. Right. Um, and then some of our season tickets are demographics. We all know they're pretty similar, whether you're at a big institution out West or up North, we have a pretty common fan base of being in the older generation from a season ticket holder tenure standpoint. And so with that being said, we are able to look at a little bit more globally, our entire database and who really represents and engages with our brand, whether that's on social, um, on our website, and really understanding even the Miami marketplace as a whole. We are fortunate that even though we're a small private institution in Coral Gables, we are in the next neighborhood out of the downtown Miami metropolitan area, right? Who is right now thriving in this cryptocurrency buzz with you know the relocation of major businesses and, and banking institutions and all of those things. So those are all considerations that we believe that one, we could educate our fan base and provide value to them in new and innovative ways. But then secondly, we could open the door to this other audience that maybe we don't have a connection to. They're not going to buy season tickets. They don't want to support student athletes through donations. So what else can we offer them beyond retail, right? And so we really thought we could open the door and bring in new audiences. And so data capturing and all of those things come along with it. So you know, we believe that we're in a position to really capitalize on that, both from because of our location. And then also, if you really look at who engages with our content and our social channels, channels they're, they're really leaning younger, right? And how do we also sustain this? You're going to have to have buy-in from that younger demographic. And so we really think there's an appeal there from both a historical perspective and then a cool wow factor, collectible side of things that can you know really open this thing up. So, so many good could, answers. Uh, oh, go ahead, John. Yeah, I was just going to jump in. Like, it, the objection that we haven't talked about specifically here, but that likely would come up eventually is our fans aren't going to want to get crypto. They're mm-hmm. not going to want to download a wallet. And and that's kind of where our, our platform does step in and, and sort of removes. We remove a lot of the hurdles on the brand side in terms of operationally. How do you, how do you actually execute a, an NFT project, but also from the user experience. So we have a, plug into existing wallets. So it's just a, it's just an email address and it's like, it sends you a code. And so there's no like downloading a wallet or anything like that. We have Stripe integration directly into this uh, as well. So people can just pay with their credit card. Um, And so any, a lot of times, and we've seen this with some other projects actually, like another partner of ours is CNN. And they they recently uh, launched, and we got after like the first drop, we got support emails, and people were like, "What did what did I just buy? <laughs> like, what is it? Is this a video clip? Like, what did I what did I buy?" So like people, in our mind, it's like this NFT space is it's still very nascent, um, even though it's like seemingly it feels like it's like all consuming, especially like in my world right now. But like when I go outside this bubble, it's like most people still don't get it. Um, it we think more people are going to get in when brands like the U jump in and say, hey, start collecting these things. And you don't even have to know it's like an NFT. You don't have to really think about it. It's just like, I want to start collecting this stuff because it's my alma mater. And that's right. you know what I get excited about. And so as, as they start collecting more, maybe they'll go a step further and they will like look at, like over in Ethereum and they'll start like looking at those NFTs and you know, this could be just like a jumping off point for so many uh, people. Oh, man. We, I, we could turn this into a three-hour episode, but let, let's go into <laughs> and build off what you just said, John, of, of why might I buy one of these NFTs. So if I'm a Hurricanes fan, 
why should I buy one of these NFTs? What are the benefits to me? Uh, maybe it's just intrinsic, but maybe it's extrinsic as well. Um, so talk to me about, if I'm a Hurricanes fan, why should I buy one of these NFTs? I think as a Hurricanes fan, you want to be able to celebrate the greatest moments, iconic traditions from one of the biggest brands in college athletics. So that has appeal right from the start because you want to be able to engage in that way, right? And you know, what's great, what John was mentioning, these collections will be limited in quantity, but the marketplace will continue to grow and evolve. And so you're always looking forward to the new product and the new drop. And that will keep really that fan base continually be engaged with how we tell our story. And you know, whether you want to show off your collector room to a friend, you want to bid on a once in a lifetime experience, a hard rock stadium, because you want to be able to get on the field or sit in the suite or who knows what things may come up as part of that. Or you want to be able to have something on your back office. So when you're on a Zoom meeting, everyone was like, what is that championship ring floating in that photo frame? So I think there's multiple different reasons for each part of our fan base to engage. And there's reasons why this collectability and the sustainable business model that we have gives that further life beyond the initial transaction. We're really excited with Gig Labs that also not just eliminating the barrier of entry through credit card purchases, but also that we are looking to launch a secondary market as well. And this will continue that you can buy, trade, sell, collect, and really be able to customize your NFT collection within Kane's Vault. And I'll add, those, those are all excellent reasons. You know, most people can't think, especially with NFTs, think beyond like the next six months or even like the next year. But like, I mean, I went to Marquette for undergrad. If there was like some like group of alumni who owned an NFT from like the 1977 national championship that we won, like, yeah, I would want to buy that thing off of them. And so like now it's like you want to you want to collect these things. And if you think like 30 years from now, like those are still going to be in existence, these collectibles and people. People are going to want to buy them. They're they're going to become true collectibles um, that are going to have value today. And then hopefully, I mean, Miami's going to win so many championships between now and like 30 <laughs> years. So they're probably going to become. All right. Now. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I can allow that talk on, on this show. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but, but I mean, you see my point. It's like these, these are actually yeah. going to become like meaningful collectibles. And because it's on the blockchain, right, you know how many were made. You know when they were made. You know who made it, um, and that data is going to be there forever. the The interesting part about this, and, and this is why I love blockchain and NFT, and why I'm so excited about it in this space, is I, I ultimately think that right. Normally, as a fan of the U, it's it's pretty intrinsic value, right? Like I'm, I don't I don't get anything the better that the U gets. I, I don't benefit monetarily from that extrinsically. I just kind of. Intrinsically, I'm happy, right? I celebrate, we give hugs, but I don't benefit extrinsically from that. And where I, where I think NFTs really add a lot of value is this ability to, as a fan now, I can benefit extrinsically because the better that the U gets, the more valuable that these NFTs become. And I can eventually, if I would like to, sell these and now benefit and take advantage of the team being better. Because right now, I think the only way you can do that is really through season tickets almost, right? Um, they get better at the end of the game. I sell it, but I go. I want to go watch the team play, right? And so this is where I, I think it, it, it's combining some some really great things um, together about fandom. Um, let, and let's even talk tickets a little, have okay. an expiration date, right? So this long term yeah, exactly. approach that we can take, it's going to live on after the exactly. 2021 season, after the 22 season, and things like that. So this is one of the rare items that uh, never expire and will, will live on and add value. Another huge benefit, I think, for you guys, and talk to me, John and Dan, if, if this is true, um, every time that it gets resold on the secondary market because of the blockchain, you guys, Dan, at the U, are going to get a cut of that. Is that right? That's correct. Absolutely. So much like whatever that's through secondary market, through ticket sales or whatever it may be that we've seen in our industry in the past, this is something where there is a percentage where this is an ongoing revenue stream for the department. Love it. All right, let's talk about specifically the term key holders. So in order to be a part of Kane's vault, um, from my understanding, it's really if you purchase a football season ticket, men's basketball season ticket, women's basketball, or baseball season tickets, 
or if I just donate $50 to the annual student impact fund, I now am a key holder uh, at one of the two levels that you guys have created. Um, talk to me about some more of the key holder benefits that you guys are discussing. Obviously, nothing set in stone, but as a key holder, I don't just get early access. I get some other types of experiences as well. There's some utility to just owning this digital JPEG. Is that right? Correct. And listen, we had a little bit of fun along the way, right? We came up with this branded theme of Kane's Vault, and we wanted to be able to have a really powerful opening sequence of this lock opening and being able to see these NFTs displayed, right? And we had a great discussion one day when we talked about brainstorming and ideation. Uh, one of my colleagues in the communications department was, well, why don't we have a key that unlocks this? Right. And so we were like, well, well, who would own this key? Do we want to give a key to everybody? Is that a mandate? And it all goes back to really a central theme when we talk about, you know, our service best practices is providing value back to Hurricane Club members, donors, season ticket holders. And, you know, our constant drive to find new ways to add value. And we do that through a variety of different year round benefits, discounts, promotions, experiences. Um, but this is a new way that we could really find them to be front of the line. And they find their way there through this collection of these keys. And so we have a gold and silver key that are tiered based on their ticket purchase and, and donation amount. And, you know, first and foremost, as you mentioned, David, we wanted to give them pre-order access or, you know, first in line up on the front. And so the gold key member will have that first hour, right? So they're almost guaranteed whether the NFT we drop, no matter how limited in quantity, that they'll be able to secure that. And then the silver key has the rest of the day as well. And then the general public will, will go on to sale that day two. And so there's, there's instant value there. But also, there is so much more that we can add into having this key in the wallet. And Gig Labs really empowers us to be able to identify that group who are those key holders. And we can do unique kind of access to game day experiences, ticket offers, behind the scenes tours, meet and greets. Uh, you know, these are all concepts and options that we're going to bring to the market over time. And I think one thing as well, we're also going to offer exclusive NFTs that can only be purchased if you're a key holder. So ideas like that are going to be ongoing, which is great about this platform is we don't have to have much like a, a static membership chart where you have to kind of outline your year round benefits. We can add this and that over time, week by week, month by month. And depending on demand, interest, consumer surveying, these will all help us identify how we can continue to find value for these key holders. The other cool piece about the keys I'll mention is it, it just adds immediate value to, you know, this donation that you already made. You made a donation for a specific reason or, or you purchased season tickets because you wanted to attend the events. But now you, you've got this key that, could become very, very valuable. Um, you know, as we start to build out the program, the benefits to the key are going to evolve. Um, so maybe you don't want, maybe you're like, I don't really care about NFT, so I'm going to sell this thing. And you can actually go out and sell it to somebody who maybe isn't a season ticket holder because they, you know, don't live around Miami, but um, they really want that key because they want the benefits that come with it. Um, so, I mean, I'm hoping like, you know, there's going to be stories of like somebody who'd made a donation, got this key. They were like, what is this thing? And they just they're like, oh, I can get 20 bucks for it. And somebody like gets it for a steal or something like that. And then this becomes like this really highly valuable uh, NFT. So let's talk about the difference between key holders versus season ticket members, right? I think traditionally season ticket members or donors have been seen as the, the people that have access. And that is, there, there's varying levels to that, right? Higher than a season ticket holder, you're a donor at a certain level. And that goes up and up and up. How, how, what is the relationship between season ticket holders and key holders? And do you, do you ever foresee a time 10, 20 years in the future where we don't have season ticket holders? Season tickets are just another benefit that goes in with a key holder. How do you think about those relationships? Because in my mind as well, tickets will all move to the blockchain and we'll have all that down the road as well. That eliminates the use of scalpers. And I mean, talk to us about the different relationships that you guys see there. 
And we actually went back and forth on this concept, right? And do we, did we want to call them key holders or did we want to just say be a Hurricane Club member, right? And it's Hurricane mm-hmm. Club members get you this. And instead, we really wanted to brand the key holder status as its separate entity. But the pathway to become that was through these more traditional revenue streams such as donations and tickets. And so there is always going to be a connection because let's face it, that's still a core part of our business function. We need to fill stadiums, we need to drive ticket sales, and obviously grow donations to support our student athletes. But we want to separate that out. Not all Hurricane Club members are going to want to be a key holder. And that's okay, right? Not every single person is gonna, this is gonna resonate with. But for those that get to be able to engage with us in multiple different ways, tickets for experience, donations for philanthropic reasons, key holders for access or digital arts and unique factors, right? We're layering it in. And so the more ways you engage with us, the different access or experiences you'll be privy to. So there's always going to be a close dynamic, but we did brand the key holder status with intent to making sure that we separated. So we did have a little bit of freedom to add in those additional layers. We talked about this earlier too, around like the importance of community with NFT projects. And so I think in issuing this uh, NFT, you're, you're going after your, your target audience right, right away, right? The people who are most passionate about Miami athletics. So um, I would imagine a lot of them are going to be like, what is this thing? Uh, what, what, why should I do it? But it's like, here, thanks for being a t- season ticket holder. Now you're a key club member too. And they'll just like, that's going to be their introduction and the sort of their gateway into you know, Kane's fault. And David, what if, you know, we came up with ideas, maybe we expanded your entry into being a key holder. What if you attended every game, right? And your scan rate was a hundred percent, or maybe you purchased X amount of retail and you earned it that way. Could you create multiple different pathways to become a key holder? So I think that's kind of the evolution that we have in front of us. Um, as we get more sophisticated with our data collection, insights based on consumer behavior, and how we really want to incentivize, you know, um, our fans to engage with us. This is this is one part that if you aren't really familiar with the blockchain and smart contracts, as you're listening to Dan and John talk about all the different ways that they might be able to add on, I could see myself getting really overwhelmed with, well, how am I going to keep track of all this? And that is the beauty of smart contracts and blockchains is that things happen automatically once you set them to be logged. And, and I mean, John, I don't know if you want to talk at all about smart contracts. Maybe that's too deep for this. We, we still haven't talked that much about community, but maybe, maybe give us 30 seconds as to if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, wow, this seems like a lot of work. I mean, let, let's alleviate some fears here. Yeah, it won't. It's a lot of or be like, that, hey, it's a lot of work. Sorry, guys. No, <laughs> no, no. no. I mean, there, there is there is like a lot of complexity that goes into it for sure. Um, however, uh, from like a practical standpoint, let's say, uh, how do you how do you uh, verify ownership of any of these NFTs, um, whether it's the the ones who are um, auctioned off or or these keys that we're going to be giving away um, to to specific fans. Everything's verified on the blockchain, like it's all public. So at any point, uh, you can activate these fans because you know who they are. I mean, you know them through a, a masked wallet address, but I mean, you, you can target them, right? right. Um, and anytime you, yeah, it, traditionally, like say you go to a website, you log in with your, your Gmail authentication or, or you log in through some other authentication method. Now you're, you're logging in with your wallet address and so when you come to the to the site, everything's just there. Like we read we read the wallet, we know what you own, um, and so there's uh, there's there's that there's that side of it. Then from like the the smart contract and like you know adding in benefits later on, um, you can do that, right? These things these things are out there. They, they you can um, again by knowing who who owns what. If you ever add a benefit, it's never going to be a complication of somebody saying, well, actually, I own that. Like, all right, right. I lost it. Well, no, it's right there. Um, and so if, if, you know, down the road, they say, okay, now key holders can get, um, 
you know, first access to get uh, tickets to the, you know, ACC championship game or something like sure. that. Um, it's it's very easy to know who who owns what, and and uh, there's no there's no arguing it. It's all it's all public. It's right there on the blockchain. All right, let's bring us home. Finally, we'll talk about community. I think we saved my favorite part for last. Um, so hopefully, people are still listening to this episode. Thank you if you, you stayed on this long. Um, there, there was a great article this week from Not Boring, uh, one of my guys, Packy McCormick, um, talking about NFTs as status symbols. So my Twitter feed now is full of people that have swapped out their Twitter profile picture for a picture of their NFT that costs hundred grand. And it is the new digital flex, if you will. Instead of wearing Jordans or driving a Porsche or a Ferrari, you've got this really valuable NFT. I think it's going to become that way for sports fans as we start to release more of these. Of I could see uh, a Canes fan swapping out across all digital platforms their profile being this championship ring. And people that see that says, man, they're a key, they're a key holder. They're... They're a super fan. They must care about the Canes more than everybody else. And I, I see that happening. Uh, it's not here yet, obviously, but is, is that, that's kind of where you guys are going with it as well, right? Using NFTs as a status symbol? Absolutely. I think that layered approach that we talked about earlier, yep. right? And um, being able to engage with us in multiple ways. And then you get to really be able to showcase that in whatever way that you would like to, whether that's on social, to your friends. And it's hard to say, well, I come to every game right how many ticket holders have we all talked to that their first line is i've been to every game since the orange bowl right we talk to fans like that all the time and they exist right but this is a new way to be able to kind of amplify how passionate of a fan you are and the uniqueness of these um, nfts and the access that you will and then in turn be able to really enjoy is the x factor in all of this um, well, let's talk a little bit about community. We talked about NFTs being a status. I, I think right now the best NFT collections, I look at like CryptoPunks. We'll put links to these in the show notes. CryptoPunks or Board Ape Yacht Club. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what are these? Just click on the links in the, that we put in the show notes. They're fascinating. These projects have really been about combining status and community, kind of like a, a digital country club, if you will. And that's kind of how I think about this for fandom. It's the price of admission is the NFT, being a key holder. Um, so how are you guys going to be using these NFTs to create more community? We talked about the status. We talked about um, you know the different experiences. But are you going to be adding in elements that create more community amongst fans? Yeah, I, I refer back to, you know, we used to think sections within a stadium were how you created community or the donor level, you're a golden cane. Okay, well, that means I'm going to see you twice a year at these events. And so now we can create these communities and really our next step in this evolution, once we successfully launch this marketplace this next week, is to be able to start opening up that dialogue and interaction between um these key holders and these NFT uh, collectors. And then what type of conversations are they looking to have with each other, whether that's through Discord or Reddit or these other platforms that you can create these, the social engagement and the sense of community through really ease of conversation. And then how do we facilitate that, right? Is there an opportunity where, you know, a former student athlete is opening up a pack, right? We see that all the time with a lot of different, um, you know, options out there in the digital space right now. So I think that's really the evolution of where we're going is to be able to not just create a platform where individuals can speak with each other, but then how does UM facilitate that dialogue and give them reason to, to engage with us in some of those social channels? Too cool. All right, let's bring us home. Uh, words of advice to our listeners here. Uh, John, let's, let's start with you and, and Dan, we'll, we'll let you close us out. John, our senior leaders that are listening to this episode, any words of advice as they start to explore the fringes of this space? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I will say working with, with Dan and Jason and team over there, like the one area that I, I will say they had to look into the most that I was probably on the fringes of, of those conversations was around rights. And so like trying to understand like what, what do you have um, at the start? I think probably will help a lot. Um, but then also just like 
I, I, I firmly believe like colleges should go, go into this like <laughs> full in. Right. Because like I, like I said, you have fans, you've got all this stuff. You're already doing it probably in some kind of physical collectible, right? Like bobbleheads and t-shirts and towels and whatever else that you, that are these giveaways. The world is moving into this digital place. NFTs are, have, have much more value in, in my opinion, um, than a lot of this stuff. And, um, and really just like follow the space, right? Like pay attention. You mentioned like board API club and, and crypto punks, and there's so many other really cool projects. Like just start paying attention to what's going on and think about how that can apply to, to your fans, because I think there's so much opportunity. There's not a one size fits all NFT project. Um, and so really try to think creatively and, um, and then call us and we can, you know, we can obviously support in terms of that. But I mean, there's like, there, there's so many cool platforms, so many smart people um, that, that are doing this now and creative people that, I mean, I'm just super excited to see where everything goes. John, you can get your plug in. Don't don't feel ashamed that you, guys, you, you have to do that. That's why you come on the we're, show. We're pretty so. busy. We got we got a lot going on with Miami. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, Dan, any last words of advice for our senior leaders listening to this that are starting to explore this space? Yeah, I think the two words that really jump out to me is sustainability and value, right? So sustainability, really looking at this as a long-term uh, business objective and being able to use whatever you consider your X factor is. Now, here at Miami, we have a rich athletics history with some of the greatest student athletes playing college football of all time. And we decided to amplify those stories that we really want to tell in this um, continual fashion over time. And so whether that's a turnover chain, a ring or a former student athlete, we wanted to make sure that this was a long term approach because that's where we found the value. And really, with that being said, it has strong upside with an ROI and really the ability to also connect with a different part of your fan base and then add value to those that are already supporting your organization. So um, a couple of quick hits there, but that really what stands out to me from working on this project over the last few months. That's a great way to close this out. Uh, Dan, John, where can people reach you guys? Or follow along the journey, if, if, even if it's not just reaching out directly. John, we'll, go, we'll start with you. Well, definitely uh, go to Kane's Vault. Uh, it's canesvault.com. We'll, the, we'll link the to it in the show notes for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, definitely check that out. Um, we're at giglabs.io. Um, and, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll say Twitter is like where the NFT conversation happens. There's for so sure. many great follows on Twitter. So um, you have, you have any that you would recommend? Oh, there's, there's a lot that I will probably forget a few um send, so send me send me a list of some of them i'll send you a few i'll send you a few of the good follows on on twitter uh for sure J- jared dicker is one that comes to my mind who's doing this for churn in group zoe skamen who we've had on the podcast um or a couple but we'll, we'll link to some more in the show notes yeah i'll get i'll get some of like the ogs uh that have been yeah. in the space for for some time so love it dan where, where can people reach you uh with any questions or follow-ups that they might have yeah, pretty easy. D Boyd at Miami.edu. So if there is a, a question or a conversation that you'd like to initiate, feel free to send me an email and, and I'm happy to share um, what has been learned so far and you know how excited we are about Kane's Vault launching it here in just a couple of days. All right, great stuff. John, Dan, thank you guys for coming. If you stayed on for this long listening, we appreciate you listening to us. Uh, and all three of us are clearly really passionate about this topic and uh, hopefully it generated some new ideas for you as you go and try to do this in your own organization. So Dan, John, thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks, David. Today's episode is brought to you by Checked In, a new tool in your operations toolkit that helps you understand exactly who's working in your venue. It's one of the tech products the engagement team helped create during the pandemic. And with it, we set out to solve some of the key problems sports and entertainment operators face every day. The tool does a few things, from helping you gain more labor data to operate more efficiently and mitigate risk. And it also saves you time and headaches by automating the horrible check-in and credential approval process that has existed for so long. But my favorite part of Checked In, hands down, is that it's tied to a digital learning platform. Now, historically, training game day staff has taken place before the beginning of a season. But how do you train the workers that start mid-season? 
or the workers that just come in to work the big games, the big events. Well, this tool solves that issue. With Checked In, you can create and push training to your teammates digitally, and you can require employees to watch training videos before they're able to physically check in to work. Checked In has begun rolling out at some of the biggest stadiums in the country. If you want to see how it works and get a demo, head to checkedin.app. That's C-H-E-C-K-D-I-N dot app. We'll make it easy and link to it in the show notes. Hey guys, before you head out, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. That helps more of your peers find the show as they search for ways to get better in their own roles. But this podcast is just a small part of what we do at Engagement. In our normal day in the office, we're crazy focused on helping athletic departments and sports and entertainment companies generate more revenue by becoming more customer-centric. To see how we might be able to help your organization, visit engagementpartners.com to learn more. Download a free guide, check out our blogs and case studies, or schedule a call with us if you want to see how we can help with your particular objectives. Our goal is to help you create deeper connections with fans and generate more revenue, so when you're with us, Hopefully you find a nugget or two that helps your cause.